All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Coming to you a little bit early, uh, despite the show being scheduled late. Uh, shout out uh, Deej for uh, getting that set up for us. Um, I wanted to get started early because we got some some good stuff here. Um, the, uh, welcome to the Monday Night Hammer. I'm uh, Nick Garal. You can find me on Twitter at run underscore the underscore Sims. I'm joined as always on Monday night by Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. He's God-given game. God-given name does not have underscores in it. Um, but uh, what we're doing here today is uh, we're going to take a look at some injury stuff. Um, we're going to give you a little bit of playoff strategy and uh, finally close it up with some cool charts that are very relevant for Dynasty. So I know you're going to eat that up. Uh, so, Coley, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I, uh, you know, I went through the ringer this weekend of my friends and I, we pick the spreads every single week. We don't actually gamble because we're not 21. But, you know, we pick the spreads every week. Guess what I went this weekend, Nick? Guess what I went on Sunday? Where'd you, where'd you go? Because I got my teeth kicked in. I went 12-0. and 0. I went 12 Ooh. to all my spreads this week. Wow. Yeah. No, and my only wrong pick on the week so far is my beloved Steelers. So it just feels poetically perfect. And again, even they, they were like one inch away from covering that. But we're not going to talk about the Steelers tonight because no, because no. So yeah, very fun week. We got the fancy playoffs coming up next week. For most people, it's the first week of the playoffs. Some people started on week 14 still, but for most in that week, we, you know, we're starting a little bit later this year. First time, first Week 14, that wasn't the playoffs for almost everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to make sure everyone knows the kimono is on. So, again, we are going to take a look at some uh, what I would call nerd shit. Um, so that's why the, that's why the kimono is on. Um, really excited to, to have, uh, have you talk, um, have us talk through uh, some of these charts. But, all right, so let's take a look here at injuries because, um, I mean, we're not getting a break here going into the playoffs. Uh, variance knows no mercy. Um, Lamar Jackson, I'm not sure if this is a sigh of relief or not, but says he's going to go on Sunday. Is he being rushed back? In my league I care the most about, Lamar Jackson is is my quarterback, and do you play him next week if he's active? I think the answer is yes. I think if he's out there, you can play him. It, it all comes down to, you know, who are you going to play else? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Lamar Jackson for three straight weeks prior to that was – a sub 20 point fantasy producer. That's not really getting it done. That's not the Lamar Jackson. We want to start anyway, but if Lamar Jackson's healthy in a nice matchup against green Bay, which is a good defense, but game script should be nice. I think you could play Lamar Jackson, but I also, it's a, he avoided the high ankle sprain. Tyler Huntley looked good. This is a team that needs, honestly needs a win right now. They're on a bit of a skid. So I think he's going to be out there. I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. And I'm, might be considering streaming options in the fantasy playoffs. Every year, there are streaming options that win. Pe- this is it's 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 tough, but there every year there are streaming options that win people with playoffs. Infamously, Blake Bortles delivered fantasy football championships in about like what 2018. That was amazing. Yeah, dude, you're killing it. Okay, so let me let me talk you through because this is a real. This is like probably my biggest decision coming up. Go. Good news for me. It's Monday. Mm-hmm. Week 14 is not even over yet. No. News doesn't get better than on Monday after a low ankle sprain. Yeah, he's going to go. That's about as good as news as you could have hoped for. Okay. Um, if he gets in full practices, then it's all systems go. You drafted him. You traded for him. You got to fire him up in the playoffs. That's what this is about. Okay. Every player's banged up. Right? Yes. 
that's 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 the case for playing him. Now, if we get a bunch of limited practices in, if we get a do not practice, do not practice limited, I think I think you go streaming because quarterback is the most replaceable position in fantasy football. I don't care. I mean, maybe not in Superflex. Um, so for me, like I got Big Ben, right, as a, as my third quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Big Ben. I think if I get a Lamar Jackson do not practice, do not practice limited session, and it seems like they're trotting him out there and he's not gonna ha- he's not gonna run, right? Yep. You're not getting that extra floor. And there's a chance he reaggravates and he can't afford that. So I think I think that the practice report matters a lot. I'll yep. feel a lot better if he gets a full practice in. If not, I'm probably I'm probably streaming. Honestly, yeah. I'm probably gonna plug Big Ben in. I think it, and I think that's the right thing to do. I think I think you could do worse than Big Ben against Tennessee. I think now, that's a- again. Now here's the thing. I in this matchup, it's pretty even. So I, I'm I'm going more floor than ceiling in in a spot like that. Sure. Um, and I have plenty of ceiling elsewhere in my lineup with Devonte Adams, with Aaron Rodgers, um, and things like that. But I mean, it depends on who's the Thursday. Who's the Thursday game? Uh, Thursday game. I do not know. So I will look at. I will check it. Check it as you keep on going with your point. Yeah. So. Whoever the Thursday game is. So let's say I have a couple guys in a Thursday game, like absolutely go off, right? Oh, ew. Sorry. Um, oh, I don't know if there is. Is there a Thursday game? There's a Saturday game, too. Uh, if it's 12 16, it would be Chiefs Chargers. Is okay, that- Chiefs Chargers on Thursday? Uh, let me double check that. Okay, so week 15. Yes, it is Thursday. All right, so that's huge, right? So that's going to be a big game for the fantasy playoffs. Here's how you play that game if there's people involved. Personally, let me think. I don't Yeah, I don't I'm not I don't have anybody on this specific team I'm talking about with um from the Chargers or the um Chiefs. Shout out me. Um probably not great. Yeah. The guy I'm playing has uh Justin Herbert. Um so if Justin Herbert absolutely goes berserk and I got to match ceiling with ceiling there at the QB1 spot, I'm probably playing Lamar if he's on the field, right? You never know, right? Yep. And you, you can't play Big Ben and, and hope for anything more than 24 points. So that's just a little bit of process uh, talk there. Um, I mean, probably lulled some people to sleep, but a lot of people kind of – that's how you – Well, like, I'll, I'll, pose, I'll pose the question right here, okay? Yeah. So because obviously you have Big Ben as a dynasty and maybe there's not QB options on the wire, but let's say you're in a redraft. It's a 12-man league. It's a little mm-hmm. bit deeper. Some people are rostering two QBs. I'm looking right now at my redraft. If I have Lamar Jackson, the top two options for me, it's Jimmy Garoppolo against Atlanta and Taysom Hill against the Bucks. Would you play either of them over Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson goes with that mispractice, mispractice limited? We know he's going to be a little bit hobbled out there. So you said uh, Taysom Hill, and who was the other one? Taysom Hill against Tampa and Jimmy Garoppolo against Atlanta. Going down to Jimmy there is tough. Is this uh, one quarterback league? This would be one QB, yeah. Yeah, I imagine those guys are owned in two QB. Yeah, I think Taysom's a good pivot there in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, so you need a, keep an I eye think you need a pretty point. in a one quarterback league. Or sorry, yeah, in a one quarterback league, you need a pretty clean injury report all week to not pivot to Taysom Hill. Yeah, the first and, we had a, and we had a few QB injuries this week, so I we could segue right into that of Josh Allen dealing with a foot sprain. Walked into that post-game presser in a, in a boot. He said he's going to be fine. He said it's not going to be an issue. But we heard the same thing from Jalen Hurts last week before he missed uh, – or two weeks ago before he missed that game. 
So Josh Allen, who knows? Doing dealing with some mild turf toes, the report that came out today. I expect him to play through it. And if he's healthy, I'm playing Josh Allen no matter what. Uh Because that's a guy that can get done through the air no matter like I'm the arm the offense goes through his arm, doesn't necessarily go through his legs as much as it helps. He adds way more than people give him credit for, though. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think like Lamar, like he's definitely uh his a lot of his ceiling comes from his legs, which is different. Like him and Kyler Murray are the only two that are like that, you know. A lot of Josh Allen's floor comes from his legs, not so much the ceiling games you get out of him are those big time, like 300 pass yard, four touchdown games, you know, yep. Lamar's not putting those up as much, but yep. yeah, good point on both of those I, turf toe. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, obviously I'm wearing a kimono. It's really a pain-based injury. Yeah. It's, I'm, again, I'm not a medical guy uh, either. Uh, we've seen this before. We, we've been in the game long enough. Uh, we've been in the game long enough to know like what turf toe means to these players and some can play through it and some can't, you know, yep. um, Josh Allen strikes me as a guy who's probably going to gut it out. Right. Uh, McDermott will probably encourage that. Um, and they, they gotta, they gotta get wins, you know? Um, and there are, there are legal drugs that are approved by the NFL that can reduce pain in a pinch. So by any means necessary. Right. Okay. Um, Austin Eckler, any, anything on him ankle, uh, seemed like he was, he was going to be okay. Yeah, it was during the game. We all, everyone got a little bit worried. Uh, he wasn't, because again, this is the Thursday game. We just had Chargers Chiefs. So, short week to get back on the field. He was an estimated DM, uh, DNP today, did not practice, although they do not practice on Mondays. It's an estimate. So, it's not a serious ankle injury. He was walking up and down the sideline trying to get back in the game. But, you know, you want to see him get a practice in. You'll know on Thursday, thankfully, that he's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, you'll know if he's out there. But I would. I would be picking up Justin Jackson uh, as uh, one of my highest waiver pickups of the week because he's a plug and play if he's out. He was also really involved. He was uh, like I. I mean, maybe it was. It's just coincidence, but um, watching Red Zone, like I played a lot of Eckler and DFS. He was in my cash game lineup, so when I saw someone run the ball that wasn't Eckler, I was like, "What? What the heck is going on?" But anyway, um, yeah, Justin Jackson is definitely the guy to target as kind of like either as your handcuff that you need. Right. You should have had him by now anyway, if that's the case. I mean, I'm not very good with that. I'm not, I didn't pick up nearly enough handcuffs as I should have, but I'm also, I didn't draft a whole lot of running backs early. Right. So I I don't have handcuff. I don't have the back to handcuff. I'm targeting these guys, like, which I guess is, is an argument for zero RB. Right. You should be targeting these types of players all season long, but we're not going to get into that. Um, one point I want to make with different at quarterback where we're a little bit more likely to pivot off of these stud quarterbacks if they're not fully healthy, at running back, that's harder to do. You're not going to replace Austin Eckler's points quite as easily. So nope. it's almost worth it, the risk, to just plug him in there and hope for the best. Because, I mean, Justin Jackson could go out even as, like, the lead back and put up, like, five points because he's just not very good. You yeah. know, and- He's a lot more sensitive to game environment and he needs to be set up the right way with those types of things. Yeah, and teams treat running backs differently. It's where running backs, just because you're the backup, doesn't mean you're getting the role that the number one got. But the reason why I'd be a little bit happy about Justin Jackson, or I'd be willing to play Justin Jackson should Eckler miss, is because I think Justin Jackson getting done the passing game. Joshua Kelly cannot. Joshua Kelly will get some carries, but he's not good. He's just not good. He's not. He can't run. He can barely run the ball. He cannot mm-hmm. catch the ball. So Justin Jackson will get those passing downs against KC. Should be a favorable matchup. They, I mean, all all. Of, 
Honestly, an Eckler injury hurts the whole offense. It it's might a divisional add. game, man. They're gonna yes. he's gonna play. It's a tough game, and both teams are really trying to win. Right now, the division could be won by either of those teams. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's an important game. You could see Eckler uh you know gutted out, and if he's healthy, I think you have to play him. But you want to see him get a limited practice in before. Oh, he's not gonna be healthy. He's you want to see him, you want to see him close to 75%. I mean, yeah, give me no give me that. Over Justin Jackson and yeah. everything else, you're going to get off the waiver wire this week. Yeah. Um, By healthy, actually, I'm let me active, honestly. <laughs> What's that? By healthy, I meant active. That's kind of what we're hoping for out of running. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, let's take a look here because uh, I do think this is important enough to take some time on. Because like, sure. Um, so like in in my one like one quarterback league PPR, um, Jamichael Hasty, Amir Abdullah, Rashad Penny is available. Um, Jeremy McNichols, like I'm not. We gotta take it. We gotta take a second to talk about Rashad Penny at some point. If not now, we'll get through the injuries and then talk about. It. But at some point, we yeah, have to Rashad Penny just did. Did he break out? Oh, Rashad Penny is a good player, and I really wish I, I had a funny situation on Sunday. All right, I for some random reason, not I'm not commish. I don't control this, but waivers ran at 255 on Sunday. Now Sony Michelle was on the wire, and I wanted to pick up Sony Michelle and play. So, but I obviously didn't know, you know, I could have chose to play my one o'clock slate, which would have been Rashad Penny, or I would have risked running waivers and try to get Sonny Michelle. So I ran my risk. I put my claim in for Michelle. I miss out on him. Rashad Penny puts up 28 on my bench. There you go. Sometimes it's, it's better to be lucky than good. It, sometimes waivers should run before 2.55 PM. It's the most random time of day. Yeah. But, yeah. I have, I have, um, I have a lead that runs at that time because one of the people is in Hawaii. So it's like. It's the best time, like timing wise. It's it's okay. weird, but it's a weird time for sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, so Rashad Penny. Um, I mean, everything kind of lined up for him, I and mean, then like perfect storm that no one saw coming. Usually, we're able to see this kind of stuff, but I think everyone's just so fed up with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks that like they're just completely off them. But listen, I mean, Alex Collins was hurt last week, um, not active. They haven't really been super pumped with him. It's just last guy standing. Rashad Penny's been hurt. And yep. you're injury prone until you're not. It's just he's a third year. Keenan Allen was incredibly injury prone for a large portion of his early career. Like this different happened. positions, different positions, not, different. Not, not so much. I mean, it's definitely a concern, but I mean, if I have if I somehow kept Rashad Penny in Dynasty, I'm like, he's got a little bit of spark and he could finish the season. Like, is Rashad Penny gonna be a league winner? I mean, let's pump the brakes. It was Houston, right? Yeah. And the Seahawks are objectively a bad team. But volume is king, and he has done way more with he has but done way more with volume than anybody else. And look, he goes off. Tyler Lockett pops off a little bit. Like the Seahawks, maybe that's, won. maybe, maybe that won. that this is the recipe. Maybe Pete Carroll was right all along. We have to establish it. So this is still the same regime that drafted Rashad Penny in the first round in 2018. This is still the team that wants him to be this guy. And we already know out of every rumble, all the rumblings we've heard out of Seattle, they don't want Alex Collins to be that guy. He's proven that he can't be that guy. He's so, 25 and he's they drafted him in the old. first round. People forget first round draft pick that they spent on him. It's the same exact coach, same exact GM. I think Rashad Penny is going to keep on getting the shot until he can't do it. And next week is the Rams. That's tough, but I do think you can play him as a flex option. And I think he could be winning people championships. As crazy as that sounds. He I think only needs to stay healthy for like a four-game stretch, three-game exactly. stretch. And the, I mean, I think the Rams are a little bit tough, but they have been beat. 
I think Chicago just got Chicago can beat be on the ground. We just saw it again last night. And Detroit in week 17. There's a real world that Rashad Penny should be the number one pickup this week and be leading you to the fantasy championship, which yeah. is again, along with him and Cordero Patterson, is why fantasy football is amazing and insane at all at the same time. Imagine drafting a running back. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into it. Uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, if you have Kareem Hunt and you were depending on him in the playoffs, you're drawing dead anyway. So um, we'll move on from him. Taylor Heineke's just sore. So, again, I got a couple teams where I'm throwing him in here as my QB2. He's been solid, man. He's He's been a pretty solid floor points for basically nothing um, and ha- even has some ceiling in him. Terry McLaurin really, 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 really let me down, man. And yeah, that was week. a tough no-show. I correctly faded Antonio Gibson and did a lot of other things right. And the the big pivot was Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin. Amari Cooper got there at low ownership, a roster ship. I'm sorry. Uh, and Terry McLaurin just airballed. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Well, Manny I, Sanders, I, he – I will quickly because we're, we're going too long on this. But uh, is Terry McLaurin still QB proof? I had that little discussion with my roommate last night. Oh yeah, um, he uh, he's. I don't think he's QB proof and cornerback proof, right? Okay. I, I do think that there's a there's a limit here. I mean, Diggs shadowed him all day, and I mean, Diggs is good. Diggs is good. He can be beat. Yeah. He can um, and I think like, I think Terry McLaurin can overcome a bad matchup with a quarterback that's more accurate than Taylor Heineke. I don't think he can withstand both. I don't know anybody that can. Eventually, yeah. he's good, but he's not—he's not otherworldly. You know, it's just who Terry McLaurin is. Um, but yeah, in, in a good matchup with Heineke, like I'm not worried about Terry yeah. McLaurin. So hopefully, he gets back this week, uh, especially for those teams. I mean, he's been solid, um, albeit un, uninspiring this year. Um, been a really solid piece of a lot of lineups. Manny Sanders—he's dusted. Find a new. Don't put him in your lineup anymore. He's done. He's old. Like it's over. Yeah. It makes sense. It's over. Okay, I'm giving everyone everyone permission to to move on. Gabe Davis is starting to pop too. That's not a mistake. That's not a coincidence. Um, not to p- replace him with Gabe Davis because when we're phasing one player out and one one player in, neither are going to get there. Okay, yeah. just fine. I'll have a waiver wire article with wide receivers tomorrow. Rex Burkhead, he should be good to go, but come on, that's what I said. We're not starting Rex Burkhead anymore. Not touching the Texans. <laughs> um, Gio yeah. Bernard, hip, not relevant. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a setback in that um that last game, but I think I mean. I don't, I don't believe him. I think he's fine. He's going to play. I, I can't imagine a world where he decides to get surgery and ends the season at this point. Like, that's yeah. so against everything in his competitive nature and against any NFL player's competitive nature for a, what, a nine, nine and four? Well, what, what are they? Ten win team? I don't even know. Yeah, I think there's, there's some Hollywood stuff going on with him. He's, he's very, yeah. he's very aware of his, he's, he's, yeah, he's making it, he's going to win a Super Bowl this year and then make a movie about it. And yeah, until a doctor says something about Aaron Rodgers' toe, I'm, not going to listen to it's going to be a great documentary we're not we're not taking medical advice from aaron Rodgers. i'm sorry all right um let's talk about this briefly um we can kind of quick hitter this but um, i'm just going to say a couple of things and if you have anything to add on um just let me know but so playoff strategies these are things you can do all year right for me i like i play in most of most of the leagues like at the very least we'll have like if the sixth spot is most points that aren't one to five on records. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good way to play, but however, it does kind of make 
like I can optimize my team, right. To just put up points and not really care about the head to head matchup in the playoffs. That's not the case. Okay. So this is why this stuff matters more. Putting up points is not enough. You got to beat the person in front of you. So one way you can do that is blocking, right? So I'll have a little bit of a discussion with this, but it's so dependent on the context, right? If you are going into a matchup and you see your team's weakness, right? And you have the ability um, to do it in the depth, like, which not a lot of people do right now, I'll be honest. But if you're holding, like, let me think. If you're holding Rex Burkhead, Kareem right? Hunt. You got, or Kareem Hunt, okay? Drop them. Kareem Hunt is not gonna. He's not gonna be there. It's not gonna help you win the championship. Okay? And even if you're not gonna play him, pick up the best wide receiver available, especially if you have priority. Put up big bid on um, Rashad Penny if they need a running back. You know, yep. like don't let them have that. All right. At the very least, pump up the price so that you're weakening them at other spots. You know, like like be very direct about that. So that's one one very very good strategy. So. Take a look at your team. Like I'm playing a, a team that um, is weak at wide receiver. So I'm going to be picking up a wide receiver, even though I'm definitely not going to be playing that wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You should and be. And I will. Yeah. That should be owned or yeah. Uh, rostered. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they should be rostered for a reason. And mm-hmm. even if your player, this, your team that you're going against this week, doesn't use him or the team you're going against wouldn't use him. Maybe next week would, you got to just pl- take, you got to, you got to play in this two week window now. Two three week window, this yeah. is it. That's it. Look at schedules. Look at matchups. I, so like that's literally like people joke like I'm gonna play defense against your team. Like you can, you can keep yeah. good players away from the other team. This is the right time when you actually can do that. Yeah. Um. So a couple other things. So that's a very active thing where I'm like intentionally making like a decision purely based off of the context of the playoffs. Like I'm I'm matching up with you. I'm gonna take the players that I know you need. Okay. Cause we're good at identifying the good plays. We're good at identifying like the most expensive waiver wire backs often perform the best. So um, I'll, I'll have that waiver wire article out. You're targeting them. Even if you don't need them um, tiebreakers to consider. Um, so this is where like, okay, if I'm sitting there and one decision I have is Christian Kirk versus Julio Jones puke. I know I get it. Right. If my, the team I'm playing has Kyler Murray, I'm playing Christian Kirk. If it's close. Just because if Kyler Murray does well, then I have a piece on my team that is likely to do well as, as well. So correlate with the opposite team, okay? Um, if he's playing Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to play Julio Jones, right? To me, their projections are close enough um, that, that that's the tiebreaker for me. And that really simplifies things for you, right? And you can feel much better about that decision. It's not going to work out 100% of the time, but it's definitely, in my opinion, the right play. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's the right move. I mean, it, it's it's at the end of the day, you want to win a championship. You just got to make the moves that are going to be doing that you need to do to make to get you mm-hmm. there. And I really do think that you need to be as active as you can because this is when it matters. This is when everyone's checked in because a lot of the times you know we're gonna have those lulls in the season where you're gonna see teams be a little bit quiet. You're gonna see teams maybe they're not making pickups, and then you see that little push, that playoff push time, and they start going around. But yeah, this is, this is a the lot time. of people like they'll they'll say this is like psychotic and like sucking the fun out of it but like how many times like you if you do stuff if you do stuff like this and you lose and you still lose by a point at least you can say you squeezed every bit of expected value out of your lineup you know what i mean because what's more likely in that scenario that kyler murray goes off and christian kirk comes along with him or kyler murray goes off and julio jones outscores christian kirk like it's just one is more likely than the other it's just a fact 
right? Like this is probability, but people struggle with that. That's why um, we have the situation that we have in our world right now in a lot of scenarios. I'm not going to get into it. I have the kimono on, so we're going to get to these charts. Yes, you do. Um, another tiebreaker. So again, I, and this is, we, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday um, during um, the, the pregame show was when I'm making a lineup decision, it's usually based on, okay, do I need ceiling or floor? Am I the favorite or am I the dog? Okay. So if you're between, um, let's do Julio Jones and Christian Kirk again. Okay. I would probably venture and the, 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 the projections bear this out. I remember, cause I looked at them last week. Christian Kirk has a lower ceiling than Julio Jones. Okay. It's just a fact that might not actually be true because Julio Jones's age is a concern, but when Julio Jones is the only show in town for Tennessee, both in the run game and pass game, right. Cause they don't have anybody to run the ball and there's only one target and that's Julio Jones. Like his ceiling will be higher. So if I'm the underdog, I'm playing Julio Jones. If I'm the favorite, I'm probably playing Christian Kirk. Cause he's got a little bit safer role. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's exactly how it should be played where, especially if you have players playing in this Chargers chiefs matchup on Thursday, where, you know, we talked about before, you know, we're going to see outcomes out of that. People are going to be playing Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, CEH, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. All those guys are going to be in the fancy, fancy playoffs. That's mm-hmm. that's all but a lock. So you're yeah. going to one of those guys, and you're going to get an advantage on Thursday where you see what you're going up against. Maybe they fall short. Maybe they go off. And that's where you adjust your play style. That's where I might see, play. And this, and this, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. The thing about it is, is these are players in the Kansas City Chargers game that you spend a lot of draft capital on. Yep. So if they do well, you don't have to get as wonky with the rest of your lineup. If they crash and burn, you got a lot of ground. Because when your your most pricey players in terms of draft capital don't go off, like you're you're almost drawing dead, right? It's like in poker, like if you have uh if if you have a two clubs, right, and and you flop three diamonds, like you you're drawing dead. Like you're not going to get that flush that you were looking for. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, but we're not going to talk poker either. Cause I actually don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. Hey, that was a bad analogy. Sure doing, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so correlate with your opponent's team stat. And then on, on top of that, another way to build more ceiling into your lineup. Okay. Is stack within your own team. Okay. Oh, so if you're the favorite and you got kind of an iffy stack, right? Like you're, you're deciding on like uh, throwing, um, Brandon cooks, or sorry, um, if you're, if you're looking to throw like Jerry Judy and Terry Bridgewater, right. As a stack, like that's a pretty low floor stack. Honestly, it could go off. Don't get me wrong, but I'm only, I'm only forcing my way into that. If I'm down, right. If I have another quarterback to play with Jerry Judy in my lineup, I'm probably going there. Right. But, um, if I'm the favorite, but yeah, so we can really get into the weeds with that, but I, I think those are some pretty good roles there. Yeah. And then uh, we can spend a couple minutes looking at this chart. Yeah, I have a quick story I'll, I'll elaborate because that stacking yeah, story. Yeah, I got to pull some stuff here. That stacking story is exactly how I won my first Dynasty Championship. So two years ago, it was came down to Sunday Night Football. It was Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. I had to choose between – I don't forget what – I forget what I was down by, but I, I was choosing between Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. I already had Dallas Goddard locked in my lineup, and I knew that I needed I needed some upside. So I went with the stack. I chose Dak or no, sorry. I chose Carson Wentz and Dallas Goddard. And that stack got it done when Dallas Goddard caught a third quarter touchdown back at the end zone, toe tapped it in. And that stack won me my championship by three points. And it's those type of things where you're going into even Sunday night football. It's as late as that. You got to be active on Christmas day. I'm looking at that. And 
that's what made the difference. That's what made the difference is choosing that stack. Because sometimes when you're an underdog, you need to take those chances. Yeah. And I can appreciate the swell of comments coming in right now from, I am certain, the Connecticut area. Um, and they're just varying levels of support. So I appreciate all you guys. Do you want me to add the, add the data to the stream? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, first of all, good. Um, there's a really good uh, follow. His name's uh, at Cooper underscore DFF. Big time uh, a Python guy. Um, he's, he's doing some pretty cool stuff. I really like the way he presents um, some, some data here. So um, we'll go to this one just because it's kind of simple and uh, not that one. That's not simple at all. Um, right here. Cause there's some controversial stuff in here. Okay. Oh, so basically long story short, whenever you see these spikes, that means that the player is overperforming what we expect the average player to perform in fantasy based on their usage, air yards, et cetera. Right. So if a player is overperforming by more than two fantasy points per game, um, uh, that's a threshold that, that you hit. If that happens, then um, <laughs> you guys are going nuts in the chat. Um, if that happens, then um, you're a sell candidate. So Cooper Cup's a sell candidate. Um, Jamar Chase is a sell candidate. And Devo Samuel is a sell candidate. Discuss. Discuss that? You want to discuss that? I'm trying to just look at this right now. I, I encourage everyone to be checking this out on – on the video format on YouTube, because this is probably easiest way to look at it. But yeah, I, I mean, they're just outlier candidates. And I think what you have to factor in where, you know, the cell candidates, they do exist, but you know, Cooper cup at this point has proven that he's not an outlier. So the thing with analytics and you're going to, you could, you could virtually punch me for it, Nick. But the thing with analytics is at this point in the season, when we're at, you know, week 14, week 15, we have a lot of sample size to prove that these guys aren't outliers. Maybe they're not cells. Maybe they're just going off because they're just that good. And maybe this system is just the, how, it, how it worked out this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's something definitely to consider, but like, you know, Cooper cup is a, you know, no one's selling Cooper cup at this point. Dynasty was, you know, maybe, maybe he's definitely at mm -hmm. the peak of what he's ever going to, I, I think, are we in agreement that Cooper cup is at the peak of his value probably his first career? Yeah, I mean, if you're not making so first of all, if you had Cooper Cup and you didn't make the playoffs, quit. And you, um, <laughs> but if you're somehow not in the playoffs and you have Cooper Cup, like I would probably be moving him. I actually a team did that in the middle of his like freakish uh, like forty double double forty point game, whatever it was, you know, on um, back to back weeks. So I thought that was pretty sharp because he actually his the rest of his team around Cooper Cup was so bad. But I mean, I'm not selling Jamar Chase. Debo Samuel's twenty seven. Or no, sorry, that's not his age. That's just the number. My bad. Um, Devo Samuel is, is still very young. He's not 27. But anyway, um, I'm not really selling him just because, I mean, these are young players. DeAndre Hopkins, though. You could definitely be on a team that's not in contention and be holding DeAndre Hopkins thinking, next year he'll help me compete. My team just needs to get healthy. This is a year to sell DeAndre Hopkins. This is it. Not, not many times I can, not many times I can, I can say definitively that this is the time to sell. DeAndre, like you're going to get more for DeAndre Hopkins selling him now than you will at the beginning of next season. Yep. DeAndre Thank Hopkins you. was actually in one of my dynasty leagues. He was actually flipped basically, you know, some moving parts around it, but he was basically flipped for, uh, for Devonta Smith pretty much straight up, which honestly, you know, at the time it was, you know, it was a contender buying DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins from another contender. So it makes sense. It's a nice move that might help him now, especially tonight without Jalen Ramsey's on the COVID list more on that later. But 
uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins for De- Devonta Smith. I think you might want Devonta Smith on that side. And you wouldn't have said that six months ago. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I love that trade. So I'm on the Devonta Smith side for sure. But, yeah, these are interesting. Um, I mean, there's – so check out this thread. There's a – I mean, the, these two are kind of harder to read. I, I had to, like, stare at him for a little bit to understand them. Um, but there's some a little bit easier stuff here um, that's that makes sense, right? So this is expects expected points per team pass attempt. All right. All we're doing there. Okay. Is we're taking it. How many points do we expect a player to get for every pass attempt that that team has? So what it's doing is it's saying like a pass attempt on the Rams is worth more than a pass attempt um, for the Seahawks. Okay. Why is that? Because um, they just have less pass attempts, right? So here's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They overperform based on other players who who don't get the ball thrown a whole lot their way. So that's why Devontae Smith is struggling. Darnell Mooney is struggling. It's just they're not getting that volume. And also it's not great volume because they're bad quarterbacks, okay? Um, all the way up here, these are, the, these are the teams that win fantasy championships, right? This is Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, just massive outliers where they have a high efficiency and high volume. Right. So you're getting a lot of points there because um, they're, they're scoring early and often down here is interesting. Like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans kind of pop up down here, not great efficiency, but I mean, Tom Brady's throwing the ball 75 times a game. Right. And it's hard to be efficient over that large of a sample in a random game like football. I think, I think all of this is really helpful for the off season. When we're looking back and saying, how did they score their points? I think right now we're kind of, this might, a model like this where it goes off of pass attempts per game, I think it lends itself to figuring out what the floor is and what the ceiling is for certain players mm-hmm. where, you know, that com- combination of the two allow for the higher ceiling, but you know, one and not the other, it's a little bit more hot, you know, hit or miss. Uh, but after the season, I think this is a great metric on how to check and see if it's sustainable where, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, I'm trying to look like Mike Williams is in that, you know, the middling part of, attempts per game but he's still kind of up there on expected points and it's it's it's, he's been a hit or miss guy this year he's exactly in that like lower middle area and it's been felt um yeah so that's that's kind of the analytics side of this all i know that's obviously your key area key area but yeah yeah. here's another thing though so this makes a little bit more sense with the other chart about jamar chase and Debo samuel are they're not blowing people away you know what i mean their actual fantasy points instead of expected fantasy points, we'd see them up here. Okay. So do they belong up there because um, they're actually really, really, really good. I think Debo Samuel gets more yards after the catch because he's a violent runner. I think Jamar chase is just born to score touchdowns. So they probably belong up here. Right. But I mean, the volume is just not there. So I, I I don't I, it'd be really hard to sell Jamar Chase right now. I, I would. Say. You're not selling Jamar Chase right now. You're not. Yeah. You can't even buy him right now. Maybe this is the top though. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So check this out if you're a nerd like me. Um, if not, I totally get it. Tune in and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me stop sharing my screen. Uh, we're running a little late here, but uh, I, I got to hear the rant. What do we got tonight? Well, you know, it's an interesting game because as of Four or five hours ago, about four hours ago, it all flipped on its head when Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby were both, you know, added to the COVID list. And Tyler Higby might be a result of false positive, but it doesn't matter because he's out. Can't test again before this game. So kickoff's going to happen without Jalen Ramsey, an all pro at corner. 
And that's going to leave DeAndre Hopkins open for a fantastic day. But you're already playing DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, after we told you to sell him. So that'll yeah. that'll play really well. Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah. I mean, the, the Cardinals are going to have a very nice day. It's, it's as simple as that. When you take away the second-best defensive player, and that's disrespectful to Jalen Ramsey to even say, it's going to impact the defense. And I think the Rams are going to be on their back foot early and often between Kyler Murray, who's now fully healthy, DeAndre Hopkins, who's fully healthy. You did, did uh, the Cardinals mm, – wow. The Cardinals did not uh, add Chase Edmonds off the IR, so it's going to be James Conner yet again. I think you could play every Cardinal with not named A.J. Green. I think you could play Christian Kirk and expect good things. I think that's a solid DFS play because, listen, we know Jalen Ramsey's out, but that means that a corner is sliding over to Hopkins. That means that the second guy is on Hopkins, the third guy is on Kirk. It's an upgrade for everyone, not just DeAndre Hopkins. So I'd expect Christian Kirk to be a sneaky play this week. I think Van Jefferson could be a solid play on the other side of the ball. And I still wouldn't be too excited about Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think he's found his foot in that offense. I don't think that's going to change, at least until I – it's the type of thing I want to see to believe. So Daryl Henderson's also expected to be out. It's the type of game that two tough defenses but two good offenses. I think I'm going to play everyone I can. The guys I'm expecting a huge game from, it's – I mean, Cooper Cup's going to dominate. Cooper Cup's my captain tonight. And that's the guy who I'm playing. That's the guy I'm locking in. I found a way to get him in all my DFS lineups, and that's how I'm, I'm going to stick with. It's not overthinking it. Don't when overthink it. Is, I think the Rams aren't very good. How about that? Ooh, I, I think that's overthinking it. Uh, I think Matt Stafford's hurt. I don't think the Rams are very good. I think Arizona is actually good. This is probably the last chance you have to get uh, Kyler Murray at decent odds to win MVP because he's going to absolutely torch the Rams today because Von Miller's dusted. And... um. And yeah, shout out to all your friends in the chat. Uh, we're about to see if I'm right or you're right. Um, but I think the Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. So that's my, that's my statement. statement. Yeah, I think that's I, – I was saying this earlier. I think the Robert Woods injury, the ACL tear a couple, you know, a month ago now, I think that was one of the biggest injuries in the NFL this season for the impact that he had on his team. I think and what did we call is- Robert Woods? We called him a keystone species. He's like a beaver. Beavers build dams and completely change the ecosystem. I think that's right. exactly what you called him, and I didn't have the vernacular to call him that, but I completely support it. Where No, we called him that. We called him that. Yeah, we called him that, yeah. It's, he's a do-it-all player. He's a guy that got done in the, you know, as a, on the end of rounds and everything that Sean McVay wanted to do, and they have not been able to replicate that with Odell, with Van Jefferson, not with anyone else. And I think that yeah. was lost. But we're going to get going because this is going to be a really good game. I'm interested in it. Um, really Fine. good Monday night game. But thanks, everybody, uh, in the chat for joining us. That was a lot gonna, of fun. Um Keep tuning in if you want to learn more about fantasy football from a nerd's perspective um, and also uh, from Mike's perspective who who keeps me grounded and makes sure that I, I don't sell Jamar Chase on Dynasty teams, um, uh, which is a very bad idea. Don't do That's that. That's what here for. But, I mean, Debo Samuel, kick rocks, bro. Anyway, um, let's, uh, let's close it out here. So uh, this has been For Fantasy's Sake. Um, this has been the Monday Night Hammer presented by For Fantasy's Sake, also presented by the Mobile Party Experience. Um, if you're a tailgater, uh, check it out in the Quad Cities area. Um, uh, they have this whole ad read on the Sunday show that's just, it sounds awesome. <laughs> MPX, Mobile Party Experience, Porta Potties to DJ Booths. You got it. Um, but I'm joined here by Michael Socoli. Um, Enjoy the game tonight, everybody, and uh, we'll be back next week. Good luck in the playoffs. We'll see you next week. All right.